Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes travel another level deeper into the Undermountain and discover a kobold held prisoner begging for help. He warns them of a dark one doing terrible experiments. When he runs off to try to rejoin his tribe and the cave dragon that is his master, the group stumble into a room with zombies and a strange snake creature under the influence of cruel magic. Now, as the party recovers from their fight with these beasts, they must decide where to go next and what to do with their unconscious kobold prisoner. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy, and I am drinking tea with bullet bourbon. The last couple of times that we have that we have played and I've been drinking bullet, I had been keeping them separate. And now I've just combined them all into one cup. Because why not? Bernie, what are you drinking? I've got red wine. We went to we did a wine tasting thing with some friends of ours, a friend that loves wine, and we had this company's Riesling. Um, but we're making spaghetti. It's in currently in the process of being made. So I thought red would be good. So I have yeah. a pretty good red wine. It's very drinkable. And it smells good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking tired. I don't know anything. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't I don't mean to I'm not laughing at like what you said. I, I'm now curious what defines a drinkable wine. For you at least. It's different for everybody. I don't know. I don't like a ton of tannins. At least sometimes I do. This is, I think red wine is like, I, I like a lot of red wines, but if you're going to like drink wet red wine and not be eating something with it, I think it has to have a little bit less tannin in it and maybe a little bit on the sweeter side. I think they loaded this fucking thing up with sugar. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know that in, it's somebody who is a connoisseur of wine would go, oh, that's a great wine right there, but it's one of those like, it's a nice, solid grocery store red. It doesn't red. matter what a connoisseur would say. It matters if you enjoy it. Yeah. It's the only thing that matters. Jonathan, do you have something that you enjoy? I do. Uh, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. And tonight I have, uh, once again, a just a Cuba Libre. It is rum and it is Diet Cola and it is lime, uh, lot, lime, lime juice. I should know this. And uh, <laughs> I didn't think about this at all, but uh, this uh, this shot of Fireball is dedicated to one of my players in the game I run uh, online slash locally. Uh, his name, we'll just refer to him as Sully. And uh, he doesn't listen to the show. But in yesterday's game, he decided in this little gnome village that he was in that he was going to become the postmaster. He insisted on a uniform, a sash, and an armband, and a glorious horse. It was one of the most fun sessions I've ever participated in. Definitely one of the most... Uh, fun that I've played and, or just like DM'd. So Sully, this fireball shot is for you. <laughs> and now you shot, you, you need to get him to start listening to the show so he can hear his tribute fireball shot. Carlton, are you drinking something that you enjoy? I don't know because friend of the show, Jason Ram used to always buy me weird beers to drink on the show, but knowing that I no longer drink, uh, he came over last night to play some board games and he brought me some weird non-alcoholic beverages and this is Fentiman's Botanically Brewed Traditional Dandelion and Burdock Drink. It is fermented botanical dandelion and burdock drink with ginger extract. And it smells very weird. 
all of that sounds good except for dandelion. I've I've not been a fan of dandelion tea, even though I know some people absolutely love it. So so this is the first time you're gonna try it. We're gonna have a live live quote unquote tasting. Go for it. Drum roll. That's weird. Is it good weird or just weird? It's a new. It's a true neutral weird. Like it's got like <laughs> neutral bitter. It's, it's, it's very florally, obviously. Mm-hmm dandelions and so i'm not used to drinking flowers ah so if it's true neutral then it's like a druid drink it's a druid drink drink. a flower crown is what i'm hearing the drink of the druids we'll get an update on you halfway through the glass maybe it's something that has to grow on you maybe hopefully hopefully the the label does have a puppy on it so it can't be half bad (laughs) that immediately gives it a star yeah Puppy. Puppy drinks. Maybe it's made out of puppies. <gasps> Travancore, oh, no. you have something that you enjoy. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me if I had something that was made out of puppies, and I was going to cry a little bit on the inside and the out. But, uh, I am an evil DM. Well, I don't really know yet. So what I did, and this is why I shouldn't be left alone with alcohol because I'm not responsible, is I took the Walt Wit that I have. That's the uh, the Belgian-style fi- white ale. And I took a little bit of um, sparkling cider that I had left over from Thanksgiving. And I combined them and put them in a glass. Huh. Now, what the sparkling Ooh. cider did is it brought the uh, grapefruit peel that they used to brew the ball with to the forefront. So it has kind of a brunchy feel to it. So I think I'm going to call this Walt's Breakfast Punch. It's like you made a weird fall shandy. Yeah. It's an interesting color, too. It's like this pinkish. It, like, if you had just said, hey, what is this? I would have gone peach. It, you've peach schnapps. Yeah. Peach schnapps in that glass. So... But hey, I'm glad it's good. Yeah, it's kind of funky. Well, you guys are currently not drinking delicious drinks. Actually, you're in a room deep in the Undermountain, surrounded by the destroyed corpses of two zombies and a weird snake creature, and the currently unconscious form of Ving Ash Stalker, the kobold that you scared, rescued, and scared, and helped resuscitate i guess because i believe i did help resuscitate him you current yeah he is currently revivified but still unconscious and at zero hit points and i believe we left off right at the end of that that encounter maybe a few moments afterwards there is a stink in the air the electricity that was in the room kind of the necrotic electricity that you guys are were used to from that other room has subsided and as you take a few breaths what would you like to do i'm gonna heal this kid for a few hit points (laughs) this kid (laughs) do we want a long rest in our pocket house (laughs) Jonathan the Magic Muscular is kind of like cradling him like, uh, I feel just really, really shitty about this. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is not used to these feelings of regret. I'm going to touch him and cast Cure Wounds. I was going to say we could take him to the house and let the Modrons like tend to him. Hmm. Well, that's the, okay, so that does beg the question. Do you guys want to keep going then through these scary tunnels of doom? How are we on resources? I can cast if you wanna if you wanna do the pocket house, I can put my um my big my, I can put Miss Tina up and she can protect it or at least give us some kind of warning. So as far as resources, I have a single first level spell, a single fourth level spell, and my arcane recovery has not been used yet. So if we short rested, then I could recover a third level spell. I'm not You're great. running you're running low. Yeah. But I'm running low. Yeah. I can, uh, let's do this. Let's short rest for a moment, 
will allow you uh, that should allow uh our friend here to recover i don't remember his name uh vang that should let uh, vang recover and then we can go from there because he might he might lead us somewhere there might be something else we can check out and we might have just enough resources to do that there's another consideration. Um, today's the 30th of Uktar, is it not? Yes. This morning when you woke up, it is the 30th of Uktar. So tomorrow- Oh, we need to get back. Yeah. Yeah. So Lady Olivia asked for uh, for an escort to, during the Festival of the Moon, and she asked for all of us to come. So uh, if you guys want to continue adventuring down here, you certainly can, but I probably have to go back tomorrow. Well, let. so is that like in the afternoon, in the evening- that is a very good question. Travancore relies on his memory and may have to roll a history check. <laughs> but do you remember from this conversation? I That just happened literally last night. Let's consult my handy dandy notes because this is why I write things down, because my memory is mostly for show. <laughs> no, your memory is mostly written down. Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, Thalamus was right. Writing ruined our brains. <laughs> See, Festival of the Moon in two days, Honor, Dead, Reflection, let's see, Joster, Relief, Old, Pieces, Festival God, Festival of the Moon, I'm going to assume it's in the evening, because it's the Festival of the Moon. It sounds like it would be the evening, but I don't know what time I'm supposed to meet with her even. Like, I think she assumed I would be there a little earlier. Maybe. If I, I think you're from there by the afternoon, I should be safe, I right? actually don't recall you guys hammering out a time you'd come over, if that helps you. Well, I, don't I don't think we either. did either. Like, I just said, you know, I would definitely be there. I can't speak for my party. But, I have a pretty good memory of this conversation that I wasn't a part of, but yeah. somehow participated <laughs> in. We can or at least listen to it. the player's memory. <laughs> Here is that, is that. That's too meta. We can't do oh, that. Oh, don't, you don't want to do that. No. I have gotten plenty of feedback on my shitty memory. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's, uh, that's bad news. So I would think that, that Jules, you're right, that uh, it is a festival of the moon, that if I show up in the afternoon, that should be fine. I would love you all to roll intelligence checks. I was going to say, can we oh, roll right. history to see when historically it, it is happening? Nope. You can roll intelligence checks, though. Travancore, you're going to be at disadvantage because you're not from Faerun. Oh, well, that wasn't so bad. Can I roll a religion check because this is a religious ceremony? Uh, You could, but this isn't a religious ceremony. What? Everything's religious. Okay, all Bernie right. knows nothing about the festival. What'd you roll? A two. All right, Travancore, what'd you roll? Uh, 13 was the low roll. And Jonathan? Uh, let's see. So just intelligence? Just a straight intelligence check. You guys are trying to remember what you know that about That is going to be 12. And Carlton? I remember that there's a man that lives on the moon and it's made of cheese. We're awesome Because I rolled a five. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie literally looks at you and says, yeah, yeah, there is a guy made of cheese on there. No, no, he's, not, he's not made of cheese. The moon is made of cheese. I thought he was made of cheese. I'm pretty sure that he's made of cheese. <laughs> Are you sure? I think the moon was made of cheese and he ate the cheese. That's why it has all the holes on it. And there's nothing up his sleeve. I thought that he built tunnels to hold all of his cheese because the moon has a nice constant temperature in the same way a cheese cellar might. Travancore, if you believe there is a man on the moon. <laughs> man on the man moon? Man on the moon! <laughs> I think you took a bit on the run <laughs> direction with that. Man on the moon. I like all of these. Okay. Uh, yeah, Carlton, having been raised by wolves and not really been inside of any major cities, and Bernie, having been raised in uh, amongst gnomes and not been in too many major cities and, and taken part in too many of the 
the activities that happen in major, mostly human cities. You guys don't know anything about this. Jonathan and Travancore. Travancore, despite the fact that you are not from Faerun, between your recent conversation with Olivia Passerak and your studying up on this area, help you remember a, a couple of things. And Jonathan, Neverwinter had a similar thing. This is a, a festival that happens everywhere, essentially. It is an extra day on the calendar. So everyone kind of knows about it, but it's it's a little different everywhere you go. Basically, the, the Feast of the Moon is, is, it is kind of an all-day thing. The thing that Travancore, as he mentions, being maybe hired by Olivia Passerac for doing some something for them, uh, you remember that a lot of the noble houses do participate in a couple of different ways. They usually have some kind of ceremony themselves in where... They recount their history in a more official capacity. Most people celebrate the Festival of the Moon by remembering their ancestors. Noble houses are usually expect expected to, they put on a little bit of a party and they invite guests and a lot of quote-unquote common folk. And it is a way to not only celebrate a shared past for most people, but also the noble houses use it as a way of reaffirming their their lineage. It's like a fucked up potlatch. A little bit, a little bit. It's it's a more of a, hey, potlatch. I have this money. It, it kind of depends on your point of view. The, the more cynical see it as a expression of, I have money and wealth and I'm proving to you why that is the case. Uh, others see it as um, I, my family has done good deeds and has uh, earned this place. And now I am sharing my, my success and my family's success with the masses. So it, it kind of depends on who you talk to. It's not religious in the sense that it's not any one specific god or goddess. All of the religious uh, institutions have their own way of celebrating it, but it is, it's equivalent a little bit to Thanksgiving in where if a church decides to use Thanksgiving to do something nice for the poor or something like that, it's not a religious holiday. It's something the religions use as a way of promoting their own god or goddess. So that doesn't tell you a ton about when, because it, historically the party that Olivia Pasarak could be hosting could be happening at any time tomorrow. Oh. I mean, look, think practically about parties, though. I mean, you don't wake up and have, like, a breakfast party, like, right away and then party on through the day. I mean, that's a college thing, right? I was going like, to say, obviously, are... my friend, you've never been to college. Uh, uh, listen... The Neverwinter Academy did have our tailgates of uh, por on portal ball weekends. I mean, let me tell you, but that's college, right? Yeah, that's so not grown up stuff. But what about bottomless brunch, man? You can eat brunch literally all day and look. Drink. That's at the end of the ten day. You don't do that like in the middle of the ten or like or right. I don't know. Well, wouldn't this be the eleventh day technically? I don't know. Uh, brunch days I don't know. Bernie, Bernie has made a very logical point. Bernie's made a logical point. So she wants Bernie's going to talk. She wants to hire us to be security, right? That seemed to be the uh, the impression that I got. Rather unfortunately, while you may or may not get up and party all day, and while I imagine guests are going to be coming and going to this party, security gets there on time, if not early, and security doesn't get to make a decision about when they arrive. 
So if yeah. you really want to do this for Olivia, we probably need to go back, and you probably need to send her a message, and you probably need to ask her what time you got to show up tomorrow morning. Jonathan, can't you just ping her? No. Uh, well, I could, but it would cost a fourth or third level spell. Which would mean... Oh, right. I can do it. I have sending. Okay. Do you? Can you spare the spell? I would have one third level spell left. What about your I fourth level? Kind of, it would put me. I would have no fourth level spells left, so we couldn't pop up Miss Tina if we wanted to stay the night here. How long would it take Bucks to fly back, all the way back to the Bloody Fist, scritch on the door, get let up, fly to over? Because assuming, I'm assuming I know where. Olivia passed her address is, so now Bucks knows. Yeah, we can't, she came to us. Well, didn't she give you her address? I mean, she must have, because where else will we go? She did, she because did. you were like, how about them bananas? Yeah, that's true. It's true. No, or how about but, them apples? But, yeah. Bananas? Bananas, sir? Listen, I just... We will talk about this off, off Okay, the, so there was a play line. that I watched called Futurama, where the <laughs> monkey got a chick's phone number, and he's like, how about them bananas? That was recent. I am familiar with Gunter, sir. Before we go on, because that was actually what I was about to say, Travancore, you have her address. Have you shared that with the group? Because I seem to remember you came downstairs, and after quite a bit of, of being made fun of, there was some information that you kept to yourself. Well, I don't think I would have hidden the address if it was a job. So I when I, I remember originally I wasn't going to tell them anything because I thought they were too drunk, but then they sobered up a little bit. So I shared the information about the job and Olivia's doing this. And I probably would have said this is where it was because there's no reason to hide that. If that's where we're going. So here, okay. here's what I'm thinking. We attach We give Bucks a note that says, what time would you like us to show up for security work tomorrow? And it has a blank spot. And then at the end of that, it says XOXO Travancore. Oh, yes. Maybe and three so Bucks would go. And Carlton. What? XOXO Travancore and Carlton. No. Uh, anyway, so then, I know. Anyway, he goes and so, in the corner. Yeah, that's fine. So we do that, and then we send Bucks with that note to go to Olivia. He delivers the note and then comes back, and maybe that informs us of what we need to do. In the meantime, we short rest. As Bucks is leaving, we soldier on a bit, and then once he comes, we leave him some sort of trail for us, for him to follow to find us, and then when he gets back, then we know, okay, this is when we need to get back to, to, to town. I'm amenable to this, especially since there's a weapon of Reconum out there that I wouldn't mind uh, securing it today, if at all possible. I figured you might. Um, here's question two. Do we want to send a bear escort with Bucks? I think the bear would probably attract more attention. Probably true. I think we need that bear given the shit we've gone up yeah. against. Okay. The, All right. The chances, yeah. Like, think of Bucks is, like, he can get there stealthily with Shadow that's next to impossible. Shadow can't get there stealthily. Shadow's gonna, Bucks can go to fly up to a window. Shadow can't do that. Shadow would die going back, probably. Well, maybe Bucks, not. What do you think about uh, about this mission? Bucks is happy to do anything that you would like him to do. He's a little nervous about navigating his way through the Undermountain alone. Hmm. Well, there's one other option. I could go back with Bucks. That way I can handle the job. And you'd leave Shadow with us? I could take Shadow. Well, that's the thing. Shadow would be stealthy, but I could protect. 
I don't know if I have a spell slot left for Pass Without Trace for us. I don't think you do. I think you blew the no, last I, one. I, you may be right. All right. I think we need to know one way or the other. And yeah, I think so the best way, Bucks then. I think, yeah, I think Bucks has the best chance of getting there unseen. And he has the where, he has the wherewithal to get the job done and make it back. Uh, he is an, a rather intelligent owl. And I give him scritches as I say that. And he takes the compliment with what you can only assume is an owl smile. All right, uh, Bernie, let's get that note written. Oh, Bernie pulls out an ink. Before you do, Bernie, I believe you had done some healing on your, yes. your kobold, your new kobold friend slash prisoner. Yes, I was How going much? to do cure wounds, which is a D8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. Plus other things, right? Do you have a healing word left? Which is, uh, yeah, I'm getting there, guys. Calm yourself, Iago. Everyone's all I just, excited about the I add so much stuff. I know. It's exciting. Is, it's a D8 plus five um, plus all healing spells are two plus a spell level. So in this case, D8 plus five plus three. So D8 plus eight. One plus two plus two plus one. I watched that recently. It's one of my I, I need to watch it recently. Time. It's so good. It's good to watch every once <laughs> in a while. He gets nine points of healing back and I get... I get... Three points of healing back. <laughs> I'm gonna hey, have to heal everybody zero. else. Actually, actually, hold on. Can I? I'm sorry. Can I like redo that? I forgot I was gonna heal every. Are you guys gonna roll hit die? I was gonna say we could do a prayer of healing, right? Yeah, I was gonna do a prayer of healing, but hit die would be better, given that um, we're all running low on spell slots. Yeah, right. I, can, I can hit die. I will say that as you started to cast healing word, you overheard the conversation of what do we do? And that eventually turned into let's take a short rest and that you you paused healing word just in time to decide to do something else. Can the can the cobalt roll no, can the thing roll hit die? You don't know. I was gonna oh, do him know. no matter what. And then I like cause that's a first level spell. I'll say this. You've no idea whether the cobalt has hit die. Uh, what you do know is unconscious creatures that have been brought back from dying, but at zero hit points, they're not currently taking a short or long rest. They're just at zero hit points. Okay. All right. Good point. Taking the forever nap. Yeah. All okay, right. Well, I will do the first level spell is easier to expend than my second or third level spells on like master healing things. So I'll do that on him and then we'll all roll some hit die. How about that? Uh, yeah, I'm rolling my hit die now. I have none left, neither does Shadow. Just to throw it out there. So, Sh- Travancore is fine. He didn't take any damage last time. No, you uh, didn't. Sh- Shadow, however, Shadow? is down 36. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's okay. Like, he probably won't go as aggressive in the next battle, but um, but I think he should be fine for the next fight. You think he one comes. Y'all, I'm rolling, like, top-notch on these hit dice. You are. Look at you. Okay, as as we're recovering... We're taking uh, Bernie to the craps table. Yeah, I yeah. go ahead and uh, <laughs> and write the note. I say... Is everybody else back up to full? Yes. One off of full, but... Yeah. Close enough. The note says, Dear Olivia Passerak, this is... Uh, this is Travancore. <laughs> Actually, Travancore, do you want to just write the note since it'd be your handwriting and you can give the XOs XOs? Yeah. I'll I'll write the letter and I'll be like uh, Olivia. What, this is Travancore. What time would you like us to be at the um at your place tomorrow? XOXO Travancore, as I understand it to be meaning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I uh, I 
I have the the handy little uh little bird note carrier that uh, that I've had this entire time, uh, four bucks for this very purpose. I attached. You've to been him. waiting to do this, haven't you? I have uh, pretty much. Uh, and I slip <laughs> the note in. I'm like, okay, bucks. Uh, let's read the address, and I read out the address. I think about where that is. Like I take that address in relation to the bloody fist, and I create. A map in my mind palace that uh, that Buck sees at the same time. Okay, roll a history check because you've never actually been there before, so you're going off of your knowledge of Waterdeep where this might be. Eighteen. Okay, you you think you know where it is, and you give him a little X um, on your mental map, and he takes it. And he gives you all nods that uh, Jonathan, you know, are him basically saying stay safe, and he starts to. Wing off. Be safe, buddy. It's about that time that you hear, ah, what happened? Oh, bang, bang. Ah, I'm so ah, sorry. Ah, ah. Oh, no, and, no, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. He freaks out a little bit as there is a giant, basically carved in half snake-ish body lying fairly close by. And he scampers back against the wall. Ah, 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 oh, no, no, no. Buddy, buddy, buddy. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Hey, it's... Jonathan the Metamuscular. Hi. Uh, Hi, I, I saved your hi. life. Yes, Bernie. Bernie healed you. Mm-hmm. I got attacked by those things. What happened? We're oh, this place has gotten a lot more dangerous since I got captured. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, but yes, uh, you ran in here, and uh, those things over well, there. Something and I, attacked me. Yeah, I don't know. The, did did you got attacked? Yes, those uh. things over there, and I point at the uh, shambling corpses. It's like we attacked them, and then, uh, but but we defeated them, and then Bernie here brought you back. All right, <sighs> this has not been a good day. Uh, oh, no. honey, can I, I go can... now? Well, can I'm we... super close to where I need to go to go home, and that's. I mean, is there? I think I told you everything that I know. I don't really know that much, but oh. is there anything else you want to know? Well, well, actually, um, that that brings up a good point. You said you were really close to where you need to be. Uh, how does your master feel about people like me, people like Bernie, people like, uh, Carlton over there? You're good with barbecue sauce. Carlton waves, and then, oh. when he was saying Carlton, and then barbecue sauce, he stops, like, <laughs> he takes down his hand. And slowly takes down the hand. <laughs> oh. I'm not gonna be honest with you, because you saved my life and everything, but yeah, he's a, he's a dragon, we're dragons, it's, we're all dragons, and you're, uh, squishy. Well, um, might I point out, as we just saw, so are you. Well, yeah, but I, I serve the cave dragon. I'm not squishy, see? And he pokes his arm, and while he's uh, emaciated and injured, although not as injured anymore, and certainly in super rough shape, as a kobold, he does have fairly thick skin. And he is he does have some scales, and he does have a little bit more of a, a dragonish hide. And he says, yeah, we, um, we serve, you know, I can show up and it'll be okay. And, and, and you, you, you probably shouldn't. It'd be bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I was hoping that we might uh, treat with your master and maybe find out where uh, one of these other treasure caches is. But uh, okay. So your master is which way? So we don't go that way. Well... There's an entrance and an exit to this room, essentially. There's the entrance way that you came from. Uh, you were in the room that had all the stuff pushed to the sides. And you came through a door that went to the west into this room. And there is a, a, 
one other doorway leading north from this room. And he says, through there, and then in there, there's uh, a place to go that way and that way, and I go that way. And and then it winds around a little bit, and then there should be some stairs, and I go down, and then there's some uh, more tunnels, and then I can get to where my master is. So it should be really close. I just, the last time I was here, when we were fighting the, the drow, then there, there wasn't all this here. This was weird. This is creepy. Yeah, I think the guy that took you said all of it up. Yeah, he's, he's an asshole. Hey, all right, Bing, Bing, can I ask you one more question? Yeah, sure. How does your map? I mean, I you guys don't like the drow. That's pretty obvious. Mm, who does? Not I. But how does your master feel about the guy who took you? I don't know if he knows about him. I didn't. I don't think he'd be pretty happy to find out, right? I don't think he likes anyone except for maybe sometimes us. And and even then, every once in a while, one of us does something that he doesn't like, and and we end up as lunch. Well, but that's what happens when you serve a dragon. Ah. Uh, yeah, that is exactly what happens when you serve a dragon. Actually, mm, sometimes you are served to the dragon, but <laughs> you know that's that's a dragon for you. So I don't I don't think he would be interested. He doesn't talk very much. Look, mm-hmm. thing, um, you, we're gonna let you go, obviously. But <laughs> one more time, I mean, if we won't eat you, um, very few people that we know that and associate with would even consider killing you, much less eating you. So if you want something better, you could always come with us. I've got a god. She's pretty cool. Her name's Bay. Is she a dragon? She can be when she wants to be. But But is she all the time? I guess if she wanted to, I imagine it'd get a little tedious. I mean... Oh, no, there's no tedium about being a dragon. Dragons are... Dragons are awesome. Do you know Thrunt were back? No, am I supposed to? He's a dragon. Well, he's he's a great friend. dragon. Yeah, he, he's cool. Do you serve him? Uh, I mean... I even use that term loosely. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Well, I don't think there's a loosely when you serve a dragon. You either do or you're eaten by them. Well, Well, we actually, haven't been eaten... We actually yeah. have a, a mutual He agreement. gave us a hat one time. That was pretty nice. And we oh, he gave us a rock. Let Wait a minute. Don't we have way. a sending stone? Can we can we call Thontorvac and say, hey, we've got we've got a fan of dragons here if you want to say hi. I I don't know how good an idea <laughs> that is. First of all, I don't know how interested he is in having this kobold, however capable he may be. Instead of us, and then the second we call him, he's going to give us a job. And every time we talk to him, we're going to become more and more of his thralls until we don't have any free will left. Also, also, do we want to bring a dragon to Waterdeep? All of these are very good points. <laughs> like, we've got this dragon, but, I mean, he's kind of selective, if you know what I mean, in, like... I mean, you're cool, Vang, and we- That's that's why it's such an honor to serve them, because if you haven't been eaten by them, then they find you worthy, and if they find you worthy, then you're worthy by a dragon. Well, that's- <sighs> what, You're also alive. That's another big bonus. Mm-hmm. My goddess never tried to eat me. Not yet. Oh, no, the no, other, she's not like that. The other piece of it is, do you guys see us ever calling Thantrovac for anything? Can I just hand him the stone and let him start no. a life for himself? No. No, because then if they use it, then it's the same thing. If right. We have the wherewithal to, we to not use it. I see. This kid All wants right. to be like 
Mr. Like first first in command to a dragon. This is not going good. Look, Ving, I'm just saying, watch out for yourself. Maybe, maybe think of things that don't smell good that dragons don't find appealing. Rub them all over your body, and then you won't get eaten. And he sniffs himself. <laughs> I think I'm already that way. Yeah, you are. Ving, uh, it well. Take care. Be safe. You too. Don't tell him you met us. Oh yeah, leave that out. As yeah, long we as don't you exist. Can. We were figments of your imagination. It was all a dream. Travancore actually goes out of his way to do a good goofy voice. Tell your dragon that you got out on your own wits. Because you're a badass. Dragons oh, yeah. are smart. Dragons are wily. And if your dragon thinks you're wily, you're going to get a promotion. You'll go from being henchman 23 to henchman number one. When did this turn into a job interview? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Travancore, go ahead and roll a persuasion check, and I'll give you advantage because everybody has been- Wait, I want to roll a persuasion check, too. Sweet. I actually get a nice- uh, The three of you have been presenting him with this idea. (laughs) Travancore is kind of the one who initiated it, but the two of you have been helping with this, so he gets advantage on his check. Okay. You know, you have a plus five modifier to that. Yeah, I do. Travancore, what did you roll? A 12. Okay. (laughs) He looks at you and he goes, okay, (laughs) and then runs towards the door to the north, grabs the handle, turns it slowly, peeks through, looks back at you and says, good luck, and gives you kind of a a scaly thumbs up. I give him a head head nod because I'm way too cool to give a thumbs up. Bernie gives him a double thumbs up and is like, finger guns. I give him a flexing thumbs up. like, Like, I actually flex. She gives him the buddy Christ. (laughs) <laughs> he waves and then slips through the door and door closes behind him and he is gone that poor kobold he's such I an idiot I really hope I don't have to kill him one day I don't think you're gonna be the one that kills him it may be that he is the right combination of expendable and invincible but he may go far in that organization I have high hopes for him I hope I, Travancore I really hope you're right alright let's uh Let's finish up this short rest here, dust ourselves off, and then uh, and then let's see how far we can go. Bernie has a question for Travancore while we're short resting. What's going on? Travancore, I I had a question. Not sure. Um, it's a thing I've been thinking about. You're the Viceroy of Glenmar. Here we go. But your family rules Berconum. This is right. The Viceroy is generally a job now it could be different in your world and this could just be a strange translation um so i'm i'm gonna assume that's the case but then i realized i could just ask you and you could just tell me what the word is um so where i come from the viceroy is um the head of a colonial ruling power that has conquered and colonized another place and you act as the representative for that dominant hegemonic colonizing power did your family conquer glenmar well i knew this was going to come one day so i think i should just answer it Uh, as you know language is understanding interpretation makes it so that a certain worldview is imposed on you whenever you say a language so if i use the word viceroy in common it might not translate exactly to what it means for me what a viceroy is for us, at least, is sort of a vanguard, a representative, an emissary. Uh, I was sent here specifically to learn about Faerun, to observe, and eventually to establish the relations between Faerun and Vikhanum. 
establish the, relationships. Well, well you, got, you are working on that last part. <laughs> you're you're going to conquer every little bit of yeah. Of, uh, we I believe we established a great friendship between the four of us. You you're my family. Oh. And oh, I was talking about the Pastor Act. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're family too, but establish that relationship, bro. I think colonial is probably the wrong word for it. Um, we're we're we half elves of a very long time. We're very patient. The hope is, and the the tech in Perconum uh, technology, it's a little bit f- farther along than what we have here in Faerun. So I came here specifically with what whatever was available here because it's sort of a proving ground. Um, the mandate of Glenmar is such that the heir for the kingdom of the Perconum has to go through a crucible, has to go to a new land, establish relationships with them, represent them, be their champion before he can go on to become the king of Perconum. It's where we show that we deserve to to be kings. If we can handle whatever is in a foreign land, certainly we can handle any kind of issues back home. So in order to come back, I need to establish myself as one of the great heroes of Faerun. Okay. Yeah, but you still never explained what Glenmar is to Brickon. Wait, are we all like barbarians to you? I wouldn't use that word. Like, what I does am. that mean? That's just that's they just the word. They still are run some... by a hereditary monarchy, Carl. I mean, don't worry, they're not that much further along. Well, democracy isn't always great either. Like we've had experience and experiments with it, and it didn't turn out great. Yeah, I can see that. Never does turn out great. But so no, you never did quite explain what Glenmar was to Perconum. Is this like a Prince of Wales type situation? <laughs> well, Glenmar is just the name for Faerun in our language. I'm sorry. This is like what? very different because like the way you've been talking about it, I've assumed that Glenmar was part of your kingdom like the entire time you've been telling us shit. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah, we chose Viceroy because it's so official sounding that most average people won't bother to ask what it's about. It sounds fancy. It serves a role. It doesn't exactly describe what it is that I am. We all just got a cultural lesson today. Wait a minute. But so wait, hold on, hold on. So like the actual definition of a Viceroy is what I gave you. His definition of a Viceroy is what he made up. Let's just put it that way. No, no, no. Because if he's about to tell us he's trying to come colonize Faerun, we're going to have a very big party problem. So- so, all right. So, Glenmar is the Perconum word for for Faerun. That's right. And you are the viceroy of that. And so, does viceroy mean the same thing there that it does here? Where you're going to be the governor of a... He said translated, it was basically emissary to Faerun or emissary of Faerun is translated in... Per- is is Perconum the language that you speak? Like, what's yeah, the language what is of the language? In, in game, it's called Perconomies. All right, Perconomies. In Perconomies, Viceroy of Glenmar translate into common as Emissary of Faerun. Correct? Did I pick up on that correctly? That's Emissary's closer to what it is, but again, languages don't translate exactly, so I don't know that there's an exact word for what I am. I don't know common. languages very well. I mean, I grew up with wolves, but right. that's what I, I listen seven of to them. you like, saying. There are some ideas that will never translate in a thousand years, and... We're not seeking to dominate you. We're not seeking to conquer you. Colony implies a place where we take your raw resources and use them to enrich ourselves. That's not what's happening here. Colony what's implies happening also is we observe. We have been around for a very long time. We, we see when certain civilizations reach certain points in their lives and when they're at a point. We seek to establish relationships. It's not about domination. It's not about things. It might be that in 200 or 300 years, things from Prakana spill over to Faerun so that things are more common similar to Perconum than they are than they are now. Cultural bleed happens. 
but it's not more by Percatum. choice. It's not by design. It's not meant to be insidious. It's not meant to be conquest. It's just the crucible that I have to follow if I want to be. Does uh, the Kingdom of Percana have a prime directive? <laughs> I and love that play. A glimmer of recognition <laughs> follows centuries of memory of things long forgotten in our kingdom. If it, I if I if I'm understanding you correctly, you're asking whether we avoid um, interaction with civilizations that aren't at a certain point. Is that yeah. that what you're saying? Like you're saying you're further yeah. along technologically. Yeah, my father wouldn't have come here. My grandfather wouldn't have come here. His great grandfather wouldn't come here. His great great grandmother wouldn't have come here. The way it works is when when we're ready to make ourselves known, we do. But it seems like somebody has come here before. I, I mean, so that's, that's a big problem. That's kind of the that's another implication. Like like you had brought up uh, is that if there are artifacts of Perconum here, then what's going on in Perconum? Or what had happened in Perconum? That's a very good question. I haven't been home in five years, so anything that's happened has happened since then. Well, and Jonathan the Madramuscular kind of stretches, and he's and he's pretty satisfied with uh, with Travancore's uh, explanation. He's not going to inside him or anything, and uh, he so he stands up and stretches like, well, ah, uh, I feel like I have just enough resources as I as JMM dusts himself off to help find that uh, that artifact. So let's uh, let's get to finding. Thank you. Bernie's going to be introducing him as her friend Travancore, emissary to Faerun from now on. <laughs> um, about that, a certain amount of discretion is needed for me to be able to do what I love. If I call myself the emissary of Faerun to people no, of Faerun, they're not Faerun. ready for it. You're a bit, well, even so. I think Viceroy of Glenmar is better just to maintain his amount of stealth. I mean, the what more people, clearly. emissary of Glenmar? We have both words in our language. I'm sorry. Is Viceway problematic in common? Is it the co- the connotation of a coloni- colonizer? I, I Bernie Bernie doesn't like monarchies. Have you have you not figured that out? I'm a noble. I'm I'm part of a monarchy. I don't know what you want me to do about that. I don't know how much I should change or adapt myself to fit into your civilization. I mean, there's but- monarchies here. Bernie's not a big fan of like monarchies in general. Nor is she a. Yep. Bernie, you would know that the vast majority of Faerun is monarchies. Monarchies in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. There, there are really no democracies. When you say democracy, you're saying something that most people don't understand a word of. Yeah. Gnomes live a long time. We have a long time to think about these things. <laughs> oh yeah. Gnomes actually. Bernie's gonna. If Bernie doesn't die before all of them, she'll live like a couple hundred years longer than everyone yeah. here, right? Yep. Yeah. One day, if you want. I'll take you to Perconum. If you find a way to make a representative democracy work where it doesn't eventually dissolve, devolve into some oligarch taking over and subverting the, the very instruments that make democracy possible, let me know. I will yeah, open I to will. It. There's actually lots of countries that have representative democracies where it's doing just fine. I'm living Name in one. But none of them in Faerun. But you would all know this. And so after this intelligent, wonderful conversation that you've had and where you've uh, after a couple of months, dug a little bit into some of, of Travancore's past. You guys stretch a little bit, finish your short rest. You guys rolled hit dice and did all of the, oh, the yeah. stuff you want to do. Great. What would you like to do next? All right. Our mission has gone from a kind of a uh, a broad focus, like, like hooded lantern, to now a laser focused ray of scorching. We need to find that artifact. I think we need to accomplish something while we're down here. If 
if we have to choose between an artifact and a weapons cache, I say we choose the artifact, but we should get something done. You'll have no argument from the Viceroy of Glenmar okay. or Emissary <laughs> of Faerun, as it were. Uh, so, okay, so how do we do this? Like, like we need to bloodhound our way through this, I and mean, now we know which door not to go through. I guess we just continue on? Maybe run into a necromancer? Sure. I think we're doing that. Oh, and by the way, friends, this conversation has to stay privileged, at least for the time being. You guys are barely ready for this revelation. I don't think the rest of Faerun is yet. Sure. Thank you. Well, frankly, there's also the uh, the notion of who would care. Like, most yeah. people probably weren't, won't. I've heard of a grand poobah of this and that, but that's not real. <laughs> like, All haven't you told people you're going to be king one day, other than us? Uh, only Olivia. Are you going to take her back to Burkhanum? That remains to be seen. That's up to, And that's up to her. He's just going to bang her here in her estate. That would probably actually be your best bet if I'm thinking about it. Because everything I know about Olivia is like, she doesn't seem like the kind of girl that gives up her life for someone. Well, again, half-elves of a long time. Well, I was going to say, look at it this way. Well, not that she long, may not get, like <laughs> She may not have to give up her life, but Travancore will have plenty after her. That's true. You could easily, like, have some time with Olivia, and then when, you know, like, she's 80 and dead, and you're 80 and alive, you'll have, like, a hundred, well, no, you'll have, like, Travancore, if you 25 don't ask, years left to live. If you don't mind me asking, how old are Jonathan, you? Jonathan, roll a perception check. Okay. Oh, nice. 14. Bucks is coming in hot. Ooh. Uh, He's being chased by dogs. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Okay, let's move. Oh. This is the worst. They are right on his tail. Okay, let's move. Uh, and Everybody I- roll initiative right now. Unfortunately, that didn't take long. I'm sorry, oh, buddy. Gosh. Well, it's been 30 minutes. Yeah, pretty close to the conversation. Yeah, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't he you didn't took a short rest. Lots of travel explaining happened. <laughs> I'm just saying that I would have expected him, if he had actually made it out, then he would be chased. Oh, buddy. Sorry, that was. <laughs> I was waiting for a dramatic moment, and it happened. <laughs> Sorry, do you need initiatives? I got an 11. 11, Travancore. 23 for the Viceroy of Glenmar. Jonathan. 12. Carlton. Doing better this week. I got a 15. Nice. Hey, Shadow. Ooh, 18. Uh, Coco Snoot is not here. Bucks. 19. Jonathan. As you guys are having this discussion and getting ready to go through the door to the north, uh, Bucks swoops back into your hundred foot radius and he is moving incredibly fast. And what you get from him in his panic is that he has encountered some sort of evil dog. Uh, he caught glimpses of it as they snapped at him, and they, it seems to be some incredibly large two-headed hound that ambushed him as he was flying on his way back out. He did not make it out of the tunnels of the bloody uh, up to the bloody fist, uh, but encountered this small pack and turned and ran. Okay, as he knows how squishy he is. Good job, buddy. And he has just started to enter the room that uh, you guys came from. So you guys are in the room that had the the weird snake creature, the room that you came from that had all of the stuff piled up against the walls. He is just about to enter that room and the dogs are hot on his heels. With that, Travancore, it's your turn. You guys are still having this discussion and you see Jonathan 
panic a little bit and then say, uh-oh, and that's it. All right, I turn immediately in the direction of the dogs and I let loose an arrow. You don't see any dogs. Oh, I don't see any dogs. Oh, boy. No, no. Jonathan knows that Bucks is coming in hot with dogs on his heels, but they are in a completely different room and uh, Jonathan hasn't been able to say anything just yet. Aha. Uh-huh. All right. Um, let me see. I think I have a couple of level one spots, spots left. I don't know if I want to lose the ability to Hunter's Mark, though. But sh- Oh, no. That that won't work. I, my level twos are out. Okay. All right. Um, Travancore is going to ready his bow and arrow to let to let loose if and when they come within f- uh, 40, within the range of his arrow. Okay. Uh, as you ready an arrow, it's Bucks' turn. Jonathan, Bucks is about 10 feet in front of what he can see is a pack of two-headed dogs. It seemed to be four of them. They are snapping at his tail feathers. Okay. Uh, I am going to run. Uh, so I'm going to move my 30. 30- it's not your turn. Okay. It's Bucks' turn. Bucks is going to <laughs> book it. Uh, he is going okay. to move and dash uh, all, let's see, 60 feet. So 120, 120 feet of, uh, of move and dash. Okay. He just, at the end of that movement, makes it into the doorway of the room that you were in previously with all of the stuff piled up against the wall. Okay. He swoops down the stairs and gets into that room. Shadow. All right. Shadow is going to pull a play from Travancore's playbook, and he is going to ready a bite. All right. The two of you ready your instruments of death. Um, The pack of dogs that are following Bucks continue to bay and bark, and they also dash. Bucks is managing to stay a little bit ahead of them. He's a little bit faster than they are, but they are very fast. And they are now about 20 feet behind him. Uh, Carlton. What direction do do I hear the dogs coming down the hall? Nope. Jonathan, which direction are they coming from? That way. Darn mystery dogs. I run 30 feet that way, which I don't know which way that is on the map. But okay, you guys are in the room with the that uh, you attacked the snake creature in. Right, thirty feet would get you. You're kind of in the middle of the room where you had taken the short rest. Thirty feet would get you to the door of the room leading back into the previous room that had all the stuff against the wall. So you could move to that door. I'm gonna run to the door. Okay. So I'm gonna run to the door. If I look down the hallway, do I see uh, Al Buddy and the dogs? You barely see Bucks. He has just entered the room he is um in the the millisecond that you get as you look through he is mad dashing all right i'm going to kind of tuck against the wall of the door and as soon as one of those uh dumb dogs that we're gonna call him runs past me i'm going to uh swipe down at it so i'm gonna ready an attack all right jonathan all right uh jonathan the mad muscular is going to uh, run towards the door, and he is about thirty feet. Okay, and if he runs to the door, can he see them? Um, he can see the same thing as Carlton. If you look out the door, that door is basically on the west side of the room that Bucks is in, and so you look in and you see kind of the same thing that that Carlton saw. The millisecond of Bucks just entering the room coming down the stairs and you know from his sight that these two-headed dogs are right on his heels. All right, let's let's light this candle. I am going to 
Yeah, I'm just going to throw a fireball behind Bucks. Okay. Uh, so I'll detonate it as far behind Bucks as I can see and sculpt it around him. Okay. You could place the fireball behind him and sculpt around him, but only by barely five feet. But you do know from Bucks that it looks like um, this pack are about 20 feet back. Okay, sounds good. All right, so that's dexterity saving throws. That is... As flame erupts around, my good buddy. It's a fail. That's a fail. That's a fail. Uh, 16? 16 barely passes. All right. Uh, Three failures and a success. All right. Not bad. Uh, 27 damage. Okay. 27 for the three that failed. And then half that for the one that succeeded. Now you all hear... Uh, as the eruption of this fireball goes off in the stairwell leading down, you hear it explode and you hear yelps of pain. You hear a lot of yelps. You hear like seven or eight. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they've got lots of heads. Anything else, Jonathan? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's I like mean... one head, like a higher pitch bark and a lower pitch bark. Is that how that works? Uh, <laughs> the only thing you I have, have to take a look to see. The only have I, the thing I have is a shot of fireball. Cheers. Gonna hug my dog extra hard when the show is over. I know. <laughs> there you go. Bernie, it's your turn. Uh, Bernie's gonna actually do something unexpected. I love it. She's gonna get right up near Carlton. Okay. Up near the door. And she's gonna, so it's about 30 feet. She's going to cast Spirit Guardians. Okay. And they're little tiny Kelly Rollins. Huh? <laughs> 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 All right. The three of you are piled up in front of the door. And it's got a, a radius of 15, yeah. I just wanted to double check that it had a radius of 15. I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing all kinds of interesting answers to questions that I did not ask. 15 feet. There we go. So you can be about five feet. Well, so Carlton's on one side of the door. Jonathan is on the other. Uh, with you standing there, that basically blocks Bernie the door. Will be fi- Bernie will be like right behind Carlton instead of blocking the door. Because okay. her spirit guardians can still do their job. Okay. When Bernie runs over, I look at Jonathan, and I silently nod, and then I look over at Bernie, and I silently nod, and we just, yeah. And it just goes whoosh. Like, there's just like, and there's a ton of tiny Kelly Rollins, and they're very, like, late 90s, early 2000s, and so they definitely have super cool Destiny's Child era costumes on. They look so cool. They look like you, what you <laughs> wish you looked like in high school. And don't fucking tell me you didn't look like wish you looked like a member of Destiny's Child in high school. Because if you didn't, something's wrong. And um, they have wings. They have wings. They manifest themselves. This is very much <laughs> like what what uh, what an early two thousands video when they suddenly had the money to do very bad special effects was like. That's amazing. <laughs> Which is pre- pretty much all the videos. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Bernie? Um, just so you know, like a reminder, when those dogs come in, their speed is halved once they get in the Kelly Rowland zone. And they have to make a save, right? And they have to make a wisdom saving throw. And okay. a successful save, they're still going to take half damage, but no matter what, their speed is halved. Okay. Travancore, it's your turn. Okay. Are they in the range of my arrows yet? You do not see anything. Don't see anything. Oh, boy. You can barely see out the door. And because, uh, so basically... 
if you picture the room that this door is looking into, it's on the west side of the room and you can see through the door. So you can see into the room with all the stuff against the walls a little bit. But you at this moment can't see Buck's or the stairwell that Bucks is coming down from. You have a vague idea from Jonathan what's about to happen, that Bucks is entering this room and then would have to make a sharp left to go through the door. But at the moment, all you know is that everybody's piled up near the door and Bucks is coming in hot with dogs on his ass. But you don't see anything. Hmm. All right, and with that curve, I'm not going to be able to just throw an arrow in there. She's going to plink against the wall and not hit anything. So, Bucks yeah. is like a fighter pilot. All yeah. Right. Um, yeah. In my yeah. head, he's got little goggles on and one of those little hats. Somewhere the Red Baron is cursing him. <laughs> okay, so Travancore, well, I'm sorry, what were you doing? I'm just going to keep standing by with my, my arrow ready to fire as soon as I see something to fire at. Sure. Buck's turn. Uh, <laughs> he's getting out of this danger zone. Uh, so once again, he's highway. He he's uh he's on that highway. Yeah, uh, out of the. Right, I need him to make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> uh, hold on, I need to check something. Highway to the danger zone. Come on, buddy. He's pretty dexterous. <gasps> oh no! If that's not very dexterous. No. That's, t- no. that's a two. No. All right, but that's a natural one, right? No. Well, yeah, bucks swoops into the room and knowing where you guys are thanks to your connection makes that hard left heading towards the door but between Carlton and Jonathan standing right there readied to attack whatever comes through the door Bernie right there having set off these spirit guardians Shadow and Travancore nearby he goes to enter the door and he has a he can't actually enter the room that you guys are in there's too much in the way he can try to move somewhere else or he can stay there with you guys. What would you like him to do? I, that was like half of his movement. He's got like an insane amount of I movement. I want to grab him if I can with my reaction and like turn my back to the door and like shield him. Sure, but you'll be giving up your attack on whatever comes through the door. That's fine. Okay. I, I want I want to interpose my magic muscular body in between my sweet owl boy and <laughs> and whatever the fuck I just set on fire. So okay, he is like circling, trying to get in through the door. Uh, you reach out, and you don't even have to roll to to grab him because you you're kind of in this together. He flies into your arms, and then I'll let you use your reaction to basically uh, tuck like a football against your body oh. and shield him. And he is able to do, you are able to do that with him. Uh, it's Shadow's turn. Shadow can now see Bucks fly on in. Okay, so, long before, back when he had his family, Shadow and his family passed the sun. Uh, a nice man named Doug Peterson who taught him the concept of next man up. Seeing Jonathan <laughs> shielding Bucks, he's going to move towards that hallway so he can take on whatever's coming through that door ready to go and he's going to ready a clock. Okay, I'll say this. Right now, if he stands in the doorway, and and he would know this, so I'll let you decide where exactly he wants to position himself. Okay. Pretty much if he decides to stand in the doorway and get that attack as something comes through the door, he would be 
in the door, nothing could get through. Oh, okay. He could position himself. So Bernie right now is positioned herself behind Carlton. So she's not within reach of the doorway. If Shadow would like to do the same with Jonathan, uh, something would have to get through the door and then he could attack. But that would also mean he would not be blocking the doorway. What would he like to do? That's fine. He just wants to be able to draw these guys off of Jonathan and Buck so that he gives them another another target because Jonathan is friend and so is Buck's. So what you're talking about is for Shadow to move up basically f- the five feet behind Jonathan, so he wouldn't be directly next to the doorway, but he would be just behind it. Yeah, yeah. That, okay. That's about right. He does that. Okay. <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, the first of these two-headed, uh, slathering, rabid-looking, giant dogs enters into the doorway. Uh, it's going to make its wisdom saving throw. Uh, and that's going to be a 12, which I don't nope. think makes it. Okay, what happens? I roll 3d8 radiant damage. Okay. 13. 13. All right. And Carlton, your thing goes off? That's uh, that's a hell of a roll. I critted. Yes, I swing for the fences, and I do hit the fence as I crit on it. Drink! Uh, just see. Drink. Everybody drink. All I've got left is one. Cheers. So, we are looking at... 10, 14. Do I need to split the necrotic and the uh, slashing? Uh, no. Okay. Then that'll be 35 points. Sweet. All right. This thing enters and growls, and the Kelly Rollins go after it, and Carlton, you chop off its head. And Yay! it dies. Sweet. Stay away from Al, buddy. The second one enters. It also fails its roll, so it's going to take the 13 points of damage. Oh, you're and just going to do a single 13? Oh, as in, like, uh, but do you want me to roll new damage every time? No, it'll be the same damage, okay. just to keep everything sped up a little bit. Travancore, you now see. So the first one entered and basically died before you got a chance to react. As its body goes skidding into the room, the second one claws over it and, and arrives. And now, Travancore, your arrow goes off. But I'm guessing I don't get advantage on the attack because it's after their turn in the initiative, even though it was, like, delayed. Yeah, Bummer. this is this is basically round two. Not that I needed it. Sorry. 27. That hits? Yeah, there we go. All right. And I probably should have Hunter's marked it, but I should have called it ahead of time. I didn't even see it, so how can I mark it? Um, it's going to take- Yeah, you couldn't have, so, yeah, you're, so you're okay. So nine darnage. All right. This one survives that onslaught, and it is going to continue to push into the room as it, it seems to be hunting for something. But it's Skids. also half movement. It's yes. slow. Well, but it's only going to move five more feet as it then skids, uh, smelling its prey kind of behind it, and is going to snap at Jonathan. And I've done that two... before. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> Listen, we're all friends here. Uh, <laughs> so two heads are going to come at Jonathan. Uh, it's a 24, 16, and a 20, a soft 20. Uh, both hit. All right. So the first head does seven piercing damage. The second head does the same, seven piercing damage. And I need you to make two constitution saving throws. All right. <sighs> I fail both of them. Uh, I guess I get uh, a five and a six. Yeah, sadly you fail. Um, You feel... Oh, these teeth, they're not clean, and something enters your system, and you feel, you get that sinking sensation in your gut when you get attacked by what you think might be some kind of rabid animal, and you've just been diseased. 
Worst York peppermint patty ever. Fun. The third one enters the room and sniffs. Does the third one made his save? Uh, he's he's about to. Okay. Or he's about to try anyway. <laughs> no, they well, they're identical. Weapons on this wisdom saving throw. Okay. He will also take 13 damage. Um, I think that's everyone's reactions have gone off. Did he pass by shadow or no? Uh, he has not. Okay. Basically, they're all piling up in the doorway now. The one went forward five feet and then turned and snapped at Jonathan. Uh, this one is piled up n- basically behind him okay. with Jonathan and Carlton on either side of him as they're getting bottlenecked in here. Uh, since he's bottlenecked, one, two, three, four. Uh, Carlton, he's going to bite at you. Do it. Uh, two heads come out at you. No, no. Nope. Yeah, I don't think an 11 hits you. Like, I grab one of them there, by the mall, and I, like, kind of throw it out of the way as it's coming at me, snapping. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, like, I find a little piece of paper, I just, like, thwap it, like, no, bad. The one in, yeah, that one, uh, it had to skid to a stop as the one in front of it uh, stopped. And so, as it goes to snap at you, it really doesn't, it can't get its footing anywhere. And the final one is also going to fail a wisdom saving throw and take the Kelly Rollins damage and one, two, three, four. Who's a bad boy? Who's a bad boy? She hits them over the head with a tiny radiant moon man. It also is going to go after Jonathan. It seems to smell where Bucks went. Oof. Uh, One is definitely going to hit with a 25. The other nine, uh, 15. That matches. Okay. You are going to take not quite as much uh the first one is four points of damage all right the next one is five all right and you are already diseased so you do not I do have not to get worry. super disease you do not get super diseased you don't get double diseased uh carlton it's your turn right, there is essentially three there are three there is one if you're looking at jonathan there is one to your left there is one between the two of you and there's one in the doorway to your right all right i'm gonna go like i'm gonna attack one of the the more hurt looking one on jonathan if there is uh, one. The more hurt one would be the one on your left. And, and I want the one closer to Jonathan. Well, all of them are close to Jonathan. They're there's, all on me. If you're looking at Jonathan, there's three of them there. There's one to your left, which is the most hurt. There's one in between the two of you, and there's one to your right. Which one? Uh, the one that poisoned or diseased Jonathan. The one that took his first bite out of him. I'm that would be the that one. one. That'd be the one to your left. That'd be the one that's right now between Bernie and Shadow. They're in a line. The, they're in a line, yes. They're in a line between you You guys bottlenecked them into the doorway. The doorway's only five feet, so right. only one can get through at a time. Will, the one that are... I saw, the first, like, I, I decapitated the one. I was like, all right, done with. And then another one came in, and he's like, I'm gonna bite some shit. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not cool. That's my buddy, <laughs> my workout buddy. I need him. So I'm going to uh, start. Let me see. How am I doing on uh, resources? Uh, I feel like uh, I'm pretty angry, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, rage. Okay. And then we're, he's getting a couple of uh, attacks coming at him. So that's a twenty to hit. That hits nine points of damage. You take off a giant part of its flank, and it it stumbles and is barely holding itself up. All right. Well, I have uh, a, a I get to swing it around again. All right. As I do. Uh, oof. A 10 to hit? 10 does not hit. Yeah, it, it, uh, ah. stumbles, and you just miss its Yes, yeah. that its was, on an advantage body. roll, that was a 1 and a 2 on the d20. Oof. Ugh. 
All There's right. only one advantage roll that is worse than that, and that is a one and a one. <laughs> Which we've all had happen before. All right. Anything else? Uh, I grab its tail and yank it to, to piss it off. Um, You can on your next turn. Jonathan. I'm trying to protect my party. Okay. <laughs> I know. Is there room behind Carlton and Bernie? Yes. Uh, such that I want to detonate a fireball that ends in front of me in shadow. Uh, sure. Okay, I do that at fourth level. Jesus. I I need to kill all these things, and I'm about to expend my everything. So guess what, Travancore? If we survive this, we're going home. <laughs> we won't all be right, late to that so, party. Oh. Uh, it's a 17, a 21, and a 20. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, wow. all right. So they all save... But go ahead and roll damage because they still take half damage and one of them only has one hit point left. So the one that Carlton has been laying into that that basically survived dying by being so injured that it fell on its side as it gets back up the secondary explosion of fire engulfs Carlton. Well, sculpts around Carlton and and Bernie and engulfs these dogs and the one goes up in flames immediately. (laughs) So this is going to be 9d6 because of the higher level spell slot. Yeah, I went went under the assumption that at a fourth level that you're at least going to roll one damage for this thing. Uh, So yeah. I rolled a few ones actually. Uh, So that's going to be 29 damage. 29 total and then half half would be 14. 14. All right. Yeah, they are looking super hurt, but the other two survive. But the one, the one that that diseased you and Carlton laid into is is nothing but ash. All right. Anything else? Uh nope, that's it. All right, Bernie, the one between you and Shadow turns to dust in the wind. There's still one to your right and another one 5 feet in the doorway to your right. Well, they're all in Kelly Rowland area, so they're going to start their turn and probably die there. Uh, so Bernie's going to heal Jonathan so that he doesn't die before we leave here. She's going <laughs> to do healing word on him. Okay. So she's going to, here's what she'll do. She can hit a thing. She's going to she's gonna break out Kevin and whack a dog for the first time in her life. This is incredibly disturbing. It's what you're, con- <laughs> when, you, when you hit, I don't even... I don't even know how to do this for her anymore. <laughs> well, it, you're going to, so you're breaking out your mace. I'm breaking out a mace that I, I have notes on, but I have no clue where those notes are because it's been so long. It's all right. You're going to roll a d20 plus your proficiency bonus plus your strength modifier. Oh, that's not so bad, actually. No, your, your strength should be pretty good. That's an 18. Does that hit? That hits. All right. So go ahead and you're going to roll. Okay, so it's a D8 plus your strength modifier damage. Oh, that's nice. I understand why Carlton just beats the shit out of people. He has a lot of strength. That's seven points of damage. I have a lot of strength. Not only do you understand why Carlton beats the shit out of a lot of things, in this moment, you get to be Carlton and beat the shit out of this dog as you bring your mace down on one of its two heads and crack its skull. The other one, the other head on this dog gives a despondent yelp as the body and both heads fall over dead. Can I fist bump Bernie as a reaction? Bernie doesn't want to fist bump. Bernie doesn't like killing dogs, even if they're evil dogs. 
Barney doesn't want to think about I, Coco I Snoot slowly, dying. I go to fist bumper and I see that evil death glare that she gives me, and I just slowly retract my hand. <laughs> and as a All bonus right. action, Bernie's going to 1d4 plus 8, something she fucking knows how to do. Well, now you know how to swing a mace, too. Yeah. 10 points of healing to Jonathan. All Huzzah. right. Thank you. Which puts you back up at 39, which isn't a lot, but it's way better than it was, man. Travancore, it is your turn. There is one of these two-headed dogs left alive. Well, hopefully it's going to be zero soon, because here comes an arrow. 26! Yeah! Oh, that definitely yeah. hits. <laughs> All right, let's see. That's going to do 11 points of damage. Since this is the last one, describe in gory Woo! detail the death of this creature. So this time, you do get the pilot for surf rats of the underground, <laughs> of the underdark. <laughs> so... Uh, previously, like, uh, when, uh, Travancore c- killed that, like, gelatinous cube, he is actually riding that wave, and he became very curious about this band of adventurers in r- his hometown. So he's sort of following them, he, so he scurries over, and he sees what's happening, and he sees this, the, the elven one, the short one, with the, the big bow, launch an arrow, and the arrow flies just perfectly through there, and then the, the, the arrow lands right in the dog's snout, poor puppy. And, and Travancore winces a little bit because he, he likes animals. Like, he's a nature guy. And uh, while domesticating dogs is passe for Perconum, like, they have pet dogs over there for sure. They've had thousands of years to work on that stuff. So he's not really super pleased about this. And the surf rat noticed a little bit of the wistfulness in Travancore's face as he does this. Because he doesn't like to hurt animals of any kind. Even the jerk animals that are killing him. And uh, to that day, uh, the surf rat on the underground grabbed his boogie board and walked away sadly as uh, Travancore killed the last monster. And there's your backdoor pilot. <laughs> yeah, it's on the one hand, these things are obviously evil. Their eyes are burning with a red hot hatred. Their jaws are uh, just frothing with foulness. And obviously, these things are evil. But on the other hand, they do kind of resemble dogs. And so there is this muted joy as they are all slaughtered. And Jonathan, you feel Bucks relax in your hands as this last one dies. Ugh. Ow! Hey, buddy. Good job getting away from those guys. Ugh. Ugh. Well, sorry. Sorry, I sent you out there. Yeah. Now that now that the danger has passed and he has a moment, he relays to you the last thirty minutes where he was winging his way through tunnels that you guys have now passed through a couple of times, and. He had gone past where the well that you guys destroyed the teleportation, where the the gelatinous cubes were. Everything seemed to be fine. There was nothing coming. There, the the teleportation seemed to be gone, or the the portal seemed to be gone. There was no resurgence of stuff. And as he was winging his way through what you guys remember as what looked like a a barracks of some sort, there used to be a bunch of beds in there before you piled them on top of the, the well. He got into that room and was basically ambushed by these four evil double-headed dogs that were sniffing around in there. And as soon as they saw him, they bolted for him. And he didn't know any better than to try to get back to you guys as fast as possible, because he was afraid if he tried to dodge out of their way, that it was just going to take one snap of the jaws. And being out of your range, you might never have known. Uh, you did. Ugh, you did good. Mm. Oh, these things, these, these bites sting. Ow. Uh, all right, well... Uh, hold on, I can... Bernie thinks she can fix that. Restoration is what I'm doing. Right? 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm diseased, right? I would know that. Yeah, it felt like you, something bad happened. You feel almost poisoned. Ugh. Hold on a sec. <laughs> Breakfast, parts of lunch. Puke Foley. Wait, does not, does healing word not cure? No, it doesn't. Nope. Uh-oh. So. Um, we may have to get you back home, friend. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that can, way myself. Can do much that's gonna help. I can detect it. It's I can okay. tell you what's in, would you like to know what you got? Sure. Oh, I, <laughs> Bernie's gonna cast <laughs> detect poison and disease. <laughs> Yes, Jonathan is very clearly, it is a, he, it's weird. It's both a poisoning and a disease. It's the same thing. He is diseased very clearly. This, this thing picks up. It's kind of like rabies in a weird way. And you feel like unless he is cured of this disease, it's going to continue to do damage like he's poisoned on a, a very regular basis. Oh, Oh, in which case, I have a third level spell that can fix that, actually. Hmm. Well, tell you I what, can, okay. let's hold on to it until we get out, and then and then you can heal me then. What time is sure? it <laughs> yeah. of day right now? I mean, we gotta go anyway, because I'm out of stuff, unless we want to okay. keep going. But, well, uh... I had a thought regarding that. What time of the day is it? Like, do we know, like, if it's afternoon or early evening, or, like, how late in the day it is at this point? Roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh, saving throw. Interesting. Can any of us who wants to check the time do that? Uh, at the moment, Travancore is the one mulling it over. Oh, okay. 16. Obviously, there's no way to tell because you're underground and have been for a while. But thinking about how long you've actually been down here and what you've been doing, you got up this morning, you picked up Rifon, you fought the gelatinous cube and the, the slimes, you made your way further down, you had this encounter with the kobold, you had this encounter with this snake creature, and now you fought these devil dogs. And so you've, you've been doing quite a bit of fighting um, and moved through these passageways ways at a, at a decent clip you'd think it might be early afternoon ish if that's the case we might be able to activate the pocket house do a long rest now and then we have all of our slots ready to go and then from there we could leave i could cast passes out trace so it's easier for us to go whereas if we go now we're exhausted we're out of spell slots we're kind of banged up and we don't know what else we're going to run into. Yeah, and probably tomorrow night we're not going to be using the pocket house. I mean, some of us may not even go be going back to the inn. Wi diseased wink. Oh, Travancore winces at the diseased wink. Travancore's mother wanted him to be a doctor, and he's kind of glad he didn't become one at this point. <laughs> Bernie's Bernie's gonna gonna reach out and uh, touch uh, Jonathan and cast uh, protection from poison. Wait. Wait, hold on, hold on, wait. I guess it's a dis he gets he's contracted a disease that acts like a poison, not a poison that acts like a disease. That is what you gather from from your detect poison and or disease. Basically, he is diseased and what happens is the disease causes a poisoning that is going to do damage to him on a regular basis. Guys, um I don't think we can stay. I can't fix this. That's fine. Uh I will for now, it shouldn't kill me. Uh, I have plenty of hit dice left. I don't know what that means. It's just, you know, uh, I have plenty of vigor left. So 
I think if we do what what Travancore recommends, we pop the pocket house, we go in for a rest. Even if I don't cure the disease now, uh, tomorrow we'll have plenty of stuff to get it cured with. Can I make a medicine check to make sure that's true? Sure. Go ahead and roll a medicine check. I'll give you advantage since you rolled, since you uh, spent the detect poisoned or disease. So you already kind of know quite a bit. 17. You think this is relatively slow acting, but definitely detrimental. You think that uh, over a short period of time, a couple of days, this will kill him. But it's not going to kill him right away. This is this is rabies. He's gonna he's gonna start to deteriorate, and it'll it won't happen immediately. But when it does start to happen, it will be bad. Uh, Jonathan, you want you want to come over here with me, sweetie? We talk about a few things. Yeah. So I mean, the situation is unchanged. We we can't do anything about it now. We have to rest, and the pocket house is the safest place to rest, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, you, do you, have you ever seen someone die of rabies? Uh, I've, not that way, but I've seen a lot of people die of a lot of stuff. And I know that at least, I at least have till tomorrow. Okay. So if you, as long as you're, as you're dying, well, I don't know if I got enough spell slots to keep us all safe. All right. I do have a spell slot for Miss Tina, so I can make us relatively safe if we want. So, all right, we can do this. We just need to find a place. Maybe the room that uh, what's his face was holed up in. Oh, Joster the Mighty. Jost, yeah, Joster Tealeaf. Uh, can we can we make it there from here easily? You don't know. You thought that Bucks could make it out of here pretty easily, and he encountered four of these things on his way out. So you you are unsure all right. now. The other- well, it's are- only been a couple of minutes since Bucks flew down here, and he didn't encounter anything else between you guys and the top of the stairs where the room that Joster Tealeaf was in. So at least in the last couple of minutes, he didn't see anything so, that was dangerous. Yeah, we should probably move then. If if we move now, we might be able to get to that room without anything else coming coming away. Because Agreed. if, yeah, if if the, anything we're, we're going to fight, they would have already been fighting. 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 <laughs> Okay, let's fighting go. around the world. All right. Uh, so you guys are going to head uh, out of this room, through the room that has all the stuff pushed up against the walls, up the stairs, up the big stairs that are carved into the floor, back into the large cavern that had the room that Joster Tealeaf was hiding in? Yes. I... Okay. Everybody roll me perception checks. That is the thing I am happy to do. Nope. 15. Ugh, 9. 24. Nice. Happy to do it, but not very good at it with a 7. You want the animals to do one too or no? Oh, yeah. Only if you want the animals to do one. Sure, I want Shadow to roll a perception check because he can't do too much worse than Travancore. 21. Uh, and Bucks? 14. You guys creep into the room. Doesn't seem to be anything there. You glance up the stairwell and take a, a really long moment to listen, but you don't hear anything. Do you guys want to just go on upstairs? Yeah, let's go. Okay, Might you head well. up the stairs. And uh, take a look around the cavernous room that has the basically the exit to where you would go to get back out of here and the room that Joster Tealeaf was in. And everything seems to be quiet and empty. All right, let's rebarricade and then uh, and then set up pop the house. Yeah, we can set up watches just be safe if we want to. That sounds like an excellent idea. 
guys, do you mind if I take a break from watches tonight? Yeah, yeah. No, you, you rest, buddy. We got you. All right, you guys uh, go into the same room that Joster had been in. Uh, if I remember correctly, you did manage to unlock the door. You didn't have to break it down. So uh, the door seems to still be fairly stable. And um, how would you like to barricade it? There, there are boxes and, and barrels. Is there like but- a big like log or lumber or something like curtain rod or something I can bar the door with? No, there's there's a bunch of half-empty boxes and barrels that he had set up away from the door as kind of a, a, a little bit of a bulwark that you could put in front of the door. But the door does open. The reason he had done it is because the door opens out into the cavern and not in. We unlocked the door. Is there a way to try to relock the door? You can certainly try. Wait, aren't we out of bobby pins? Oh, we're out of bobby pins, yeah. Fuck you it. are. Can we still try? Absolutely. With what? Let's see. That's up to you. Uh, Let me see what I got in my pack. Yeah, I'm looking too. Could try with a rusty nail. How about with an opal worth 300 gold? No. That's been in your butt. No one wants to lock a door with that. (laughs) Yes, once something's been in your butt, you can't can't lock anything with it anymore. It's done. It's done. (laughs) I still have a short sword that I never, ever use. I'm trying to whether I could use that to repick a lock or not. I, you're pretty sure that's a little too big to fit in a lock. Do I think I could do it with, like, a fork and a knife from my mess kit? You can try anything you'd like that you think would fit into a lock. Would a rapier be a little thinner? Because it's a foil, basically? Or no? Uh, it would probably fit in the lock, but it's not going to be the most, it's not going to be the easiest thing to manipulate. Should we figure out what what exactly Mortimer King of Prussia can do? I I was going to say, wait, let me try my utensils from my mess kit. Those are about the same size as Mortimer King of Prussia, guys. Utensils? Yeah, like, in terms of width. Like, if you've got a fork and you've got a right, rapier. But if it damages, like, the ends, I damage a butter knife, not Mortimer. That's true. All right, Carlton, I'll say this. The, uh, the knife won't fit. The fork, if you pry two of the tongs Done. off, you can get one of the tongs on in there. Done. I okay. can. I think I can easily bend a fork. Yeah, I'm positive you can. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll a sleight of hand check. But as I do it, I'm like, guys, check out this magic trick. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, sleight of hand. <laughs> sleight of hand check. Nineteen. Oh, pretty good. Yeah. Um, you don't manage to lock it, but you don't manage to get it stuck in the Aww. in the lock. You 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 dig around there for a little while with the fork, and you think you can feel the 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 mechanism, but you need a second thing. Like yeah. basically, lockpicks are a set for a couple of right. different reasons. You've got one thing, and you think it'll work, um, and you think if you were unlocking that maybe this would have worked, but to lock it, you're gonna need something else, uh, like a sword, for, in- for instance. Anybody uh, anybody need a shiv? And I got a shiv. Oh, well. well, you keep that for yourself just in case we ever go to prison. <laughs> I have. I know the perfect place to hide it. I'm trying to think whether oh. I could finagle the Mortimer <laughs> while he's handling the uh, the sort of makeshift lockpick, whether the two of them in tandem would be able to lock this door. You think it might be incredibly difficult because. Wait, try, do you have a uh, explorer's pack? Uh, I have a dungeoneer's pack. Who else has an explorer's pack? All right, we'll just barricade the door with yeah. what Joster has, and then we'll go to Pocket House. That's fine. All right, you set the pocket house down um, and enter, and we'll pause it there as you enter the pocket house for reasons. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And next time, 
as we return, you'll be uh, re-entering your, your extra-dimensional pocket house, which you haven't been in for a little while, and we'll see what happens. But let me give you some experience before you go for chatting and remembering about Feast of the Moon, for sending Bucks off on his mission, even if he wasn't successful, for the, being the right combination of expendable and indis- and invincible, which I thought was brilliant, uh, for an incredibly interesting discussion about being the Viceroy of, of Glenmar and continuing to enjoy our Kelly Rollins. I'm going to give you guys a total of 3,000 500 experience to split between the four of you. Sweet. And next time on Dungeon Drunks, we'll see what's about to happen as you guys enter your extra dimensional house for the first time in a while. And what happens once you have a long rest and it's Feast of the Moon time if you manage to get out of the tunnels under the bloody fist. Dun, dun, dun. Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks. Or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com. And see you next encounter.